bet it all. This is Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL. Now we're off hour two. Trista Crick, Nick Ashew, Bet MGM Tonight. I hate to disappoint you, Trista. The Yankees just hit a three-run homer. Giancarlo Stanton, 5-2 Yankees over the Rays right now. It's early, though. We got plenty of time. Plenty of time. <laughs> I, uh, I don't care. I do not think they'll win this game. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a simple way to put it. You just all right. You're just gonna stay with it, and you just don't don't trust the Yankees <laughs> to hold on there. <laughs> I get Stan, like Stanton is a blind squirrel, and every once in a while they find a nut too. And when he hits the ball, when when his barrel of the bat hits the ball, like it goes far. And uh, but guess what? Like there's <laughs> a, a, a lot of rays. They can do the same damn thing. <laughs> what would you do? Serious. Just, I'm going to put you in this just real quick, and we're getting to Pam. If the Yankees somehow went on a run and made the playoffs, let's just live in that hypothetical world. How angry would you honestly be? I would, I would love that because that would give Yankees fans hope again, and then their dreams would be crushed in the postseason for the umpteenth straight year. So it's just more of the same, baby. Simple and easy. Pam Maldonado jumps on with us. Yahoo Sportsbook. Uh, Wyndham Championship coming up. I don't expect you to troll the Yankees, Pam. It's, unless you want to. It's totally fine if you want to do it. Uh, we, I, too, don't care. There you go. You, you too, don't care. John Carlos Stanton, it's a three-run home run. We got plenty of time uh, in this game. All right, so Wyndham Championship coming up. It used to be the top 125 players, FedEx Cup points, to get in the playoffs. Now you're looking at 70. I, I missed the days of 125, and now it's 70. Uh, I saw that over the half of the last 10 winners that held pre-tournament odds of 101 actually yeah, like won, won this tournament in the past. So, like, desperation has obviously been a thing. Do you think that could be an even bigger factor now this late in the season, knowing that that, that number has gone from 125 to 70 this late in the season? Uh, I think the odds, the, odds, the sports books are going to lay the odds whatever they want. It's really hard to win a golf tournament. It doesn't matter if it's week one in the season or week 18 in the season. <laughs> it's really difficult. So I don't think odds really have anything to do with it. It really is always going to come down to course fit. This at all does not mean that I looked at, look at the player with the longest shots and let me pick the best one. Just throw darts at the wall. It just came, it just so it can be as much coincidence in the last few years as anything else. So I'm sticking to my strategy of who has the best talent to play well at Sedgefield. I mean, and that, that to me is, uh, and I think to you a little bit, is is Russell Henley, right? Course history is incredible here. Um, how would you attack him? You absolutely, by automatic default, have to bet Russell Henley, at least in the top 20 market. You're getting plus money, plus 115. He's 20 to 1 to win. It's an automatic bet because you mentioned he has the solid course history here. Three straight top 10 finishes. Last year, he took T5. And I'm not going to overlook a lot of their last tournament that he played was the Open and he missed the cut. That's a very difficult course. It's a very strong field that conditions come into play that course is not Sedgefield Country Club so you kind of eliminating that out of everybody's bookmark this week and instead you have to look at what Henley did prior to the open and he racked up top 20 finishes in his last five starts four top 20 finishes um he's eighth in the field for driving accuracy Sedgefield is very much an off the tee accurate ball striker ability if you look left or right of the fairway if you miss you are hitting it behind the tree sideways of the tree you're gonna have just an 
you're going to have a missed mark and it's going to be a lot very very difficult. So looking at Henley, you got to auto bet him, auto bet him just because of his course history here. All right, let's take Henley out of the equation here. What are some other names that you might look at that would kind of fit that bill too? The longest shot that I have, you mentioned 101 were those winners. I don't have any 101 long shots, but I do have Bo Hostler, who's 55 to 1. He is a longhorn, and I feel like in the PGA, every week I feel like, hey, I'm learning a new name. Hostler's one of those players for me. Um, <laughs> not that I didn't know him previously, but I've never wagered on him prior. But you're getting plus money for him to have a top 30 finish. It's not a slam dunk by any means of the mark, but it's he's risky considering that he has only seven top 30 finishes in as many missed cuts this year in the 2023 season. But the reason why I like him for this week is because um, in his first four months of the year, he was losing strokes in nearly every strokes gained category in every tournament. And now midway through the mark sometime in mid-April he flipped the script and now after a third place finish at the Zurich he has gained strokes in nearly every category in every tournament so he's a complete 180 player compared to what he was and in his last three tournaments popped off with his irons gaining six strokes and then in another tournament he popped off with his putter so he's trying to find four days of complete golf and if you just like happen to it's golf is so volatile especially with the putter if you can get hot with your irons in the exact same week you get hot with the putter in a tournament like this where it takes 20 under to win it, I mean, a long shot at 55 to 1, it's worth a risk. What do you think about Siwoo Kim? Because he's another guy who really does well here. He's a former winner in 2016. He has three, strop, uh, three straight top 10s, or top 5s, excuse me, from 2019 to 2021. Um had a really good first round at the Open, followed by a very, very bad, catastrophic 80 on day two. Like, do you do you like him, or is there something that in his game that you feel like maybe doesn't match it here? There's two stat categories that I weighed heavily for Sedgefield Country Club, and it is accuracy off the tee and can you make birdies. Siwoo Kim is a player that loses with his putter, and we saw it two tournaments ago he lost seven strokes putting at the travelers championship sort of back-to-back miscuts at the open to follow up he hasn't gained he's gained strokes only twice in the last seven tournaments with his putter you can be a great ball striker but if you're not making those birdies you're kind of irrelevant to me this week you need to be able to shoot 20 under and though he is capable there's far more better putters in the field this is bermuda grass greens it's also a very different type of putting surface and that's not one of his best how low do you expect these scores to be at the top of the leaderboard? 20 under. Anywhere 18 to 20. Weather doesn't seem to be a factor. These greens are going to be really fast. And as mentioned, it is a weaker field when it comes to ball striking ability. But it is actually a pretty strong field when it comes to putting ability. And players like my favorite to win this week, Denny McCarthy, he's the best putter in the field, can easily rack up 15-plus birdies this weekend. Ooh, hot, hot, hot. Who do you want to stay away from? Justin Thomas. <laughs> it is so unfortunate that he is. You look at the player field, easily he is the only name that like stands out from like a general better perspective. That's going to be the first name that you see. But Justin Thomas right now, he is struggling. And not just from like a data perspective. You can look at his numbers and see that he's losing strokes off the tee, losing strokes with his irons, losing strokes with his putter. He has yet to put four complete rounds. But if you watch golf, if you're watching on Thursday, if you're watching on Friday, he just looks lost when you're and it's so unfortunate like it's kind of heartbreaking as a fan we're betters first and always sure but we're also fans of the game and you know that he himself is struggling because he doubts himself he's hovering over his ball about to putt 
and he's taking longer than he should. And you're thinking, is there like maybe wind going on? Is he trying to take his time? And it's probably that there's doubt in himself and then he loses, misses a three foot putt. There's just no confidence in him right now. And unfortunately, you got to fade until proven otherwise. Hopefully he takes the off season and tries to improve something. Um, I don't know what that something is, but right now he's a fade until further notice. All right, talking to Pam Maldonado, BetMGM tonight. We're closing in on the NFL season. And when I say that, I know we still have uh, over a month. But we got preseason coming in and training camp. So you start really kind of getting that smell of fresh football, right? Tristan and I were talking earlier. There is nobody that is getting more bets for MVP right now than Justin Fields at 20-1, to which is (laughs) – absolutely astonishing to me considering some of the other players that you can bet on that are sitting even at 16 to 1 that would make a lot more sense that being said uh people expect the bears to be better this year i think that's still a huge question mark where are you on chicago and justin fields heading into the season that quarterback justin fields for the bears i absolutely love him and i love the bears the bears gonna love him as a fan absolutely it's all a hundred percent contingent on how much fields can improve in his second year and we all know the mark second year quarterbacks they do make a leap however to meet to win mvp you also got to win games <laughs> so he could have we saw it last year he led all quarterbacks in rushing yards he had 1143 on the season he was within 70 yards short of breaking uh the ravens quarterback lamar jackson quarterback rushing record the Bears still had a lot of losing games, so the two don't necessarily correlate. He can still have a stellar year on the ground. What I need to see is his improvements as a passer. That's the part that needs some major work. We know he can run, but Fields was last among 33 qualified quarterbacks in adjusted net yards per pass attempt, over just four and a half. Prove to me that you can pass the ball along with your rushing ability, then maybe we can start talking about winning games. But for me, I'm looking at the Bears under seven and a half wins. It's plus money. That offensive line still needs to have a complete 180 on its work. Fields was tied for the most sacks with Russell Wilson. In the first 10 weeks of the season, they play seven teams inside the top half of quarterback uh, percentage for sacks. So tell me that this offensive line is improved. Prove to me in week one that he's not getting thrown to the ground. Then maybe we can have a conversation about betting them as underdogs. But I wouldn't back them to win more than eight games in the season. MVP, I don't see it happening. (laughs) What do you make of the Giants this season? Because I think they, I mean, I think everyone knows that they overperformed. There's been some drama with Saquon and what they were going to do with his contract. Daniel Jones obviously gets all the money in the world. Another year, though, with Brian Dable in in an NFC East that they're going to have to go up against Philadelphia. I would love to probably back them as underdogs to cover a spread. I would love to back the Giants in maybe like a six-point teaser. As far as take, as far as far tying up my money for six months to have them go over their season win total when they still have a very difficult schedule looking into it. I love Brian Dable as a head coach. Yes, he can make improvements to this team, but I expect the Lions to do well. I expect the uh, that's preseason. I expect San Francisco is still going to do well. Arizona is going to be a hot mess. Seattle, that's a question mark on the road at Miami at Buffalo I mean at this at Dallas it's just their road games they don't look fun (laughs) so I mean I would back them as underdogs I haven't yet deep dived into this team um, but six point teaser is probably the best I could say at the moment (laughs) the NFC Pam is just I mean it's the polar opposite of what we're looking at at the AFC in terms of just quarterback talent uh, the depth of talented teams in general and then you go to the NFC South 
where, yes, New Orleans is the favorite at plus 125 to win the division. You got Atlanta plus 220, Carolina plus 350, and then good old Tampa Bay at plus 750. Where where do you see that division shaping out when it's all said and done? Because I feel like, like, I like New Orleans, but if you told me New Orleans ends up finishing third in the division, I also wouldn't be surprised. Um, the N- NFC South is probably the most intriguing because it's a division that has the widest range of outcomes. As you mentioned, we could see New Orleans just absolutely crush and dominate, or we could see them completely falter. It's just an unknown from every single team. I personally love the Carolina Panthers at plus 350. Mm. It's a brand new offense. You're talking about a new quarterback, the number one pick overall. I'm a huge fan of Alabama's Bryce Young. That he delivers passes very quickly. He's especially efficient in the short and intermediate range, which is going to have, which sees more success in the NFL. Um, keeps you on the ground, definitely more passing ability. You have a new set of running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And as you mentioned, the Bucks no longer have Brady. The Saints have a new quarterback transferring from the AFC to the NFC. That's going to take some adjustment. And the Falcons are still very run heavy, though I do love the Falcons myself this year. But you're getting value for the Panthers at plus three and a half to one. Didn't make the playoffs, but my prediction is that they, they could win the NFC South. And for that, it's value alone. Let's go over to college football. I want to get your thoughts on Texas because they're your alma mater and they have a huge expectations. Their entire O-line is coming back. Win total set at nine and a half. Uh, what do you do here in your opinion and why? I hate it. <laughs> I hate that I have to like go against my team. Texas under nine and a half for me. I'm going to be a fan cheering them on, rooting for it, but I need to see A, B, and C change. You have no running back in Bijan Robinson. He's off to the Falcons. That is the absolute biggest role that you have to fill. And I know that it's a running back, and you can say that it's next man up, But is it really? Because he accounted for 65% of the team's total rushing yards and 40% of the team's total touchdowns. Not only that, but he is Texas's first offensive player to be drafted in the first round in 17 years. And you want to say that it's a next man up situation? Not to mention that quarterback Quinn Ewers, I am not a believer in him. And you can all the scouts are saying that he's proved that he's so strong and he's going to be a solid solid, capable quarterback this year but he ranked outside the top 70 for both passing yards and passing touchdowns wildly inconsistent with those downfield passes and let's not forget that he threw 19 of 49 that's 38 percent against Oklahoma State he is very capable of throwing duds <laughs> and until I see improvements from Ewers and know that yes there is a next man up to replace Bijan Robinson ah, it's just another year where Texas has all the all the name and not anything to back it up. You know, Pam, it's really easy for us to throw around next man up, but when people start to really dig into it a little bit, thank you. It's just not that simple. Let's be honest with ourselves here. There's sometimes a level of talent, especially an all-time great like Bijan Robinson. Always good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, Pam. Pam Maldonado. Yeah, Bijan Robinson. You don't just you don't just replace Bijan Robinson if you watch them in training camp with the Falcons. Good God. Oh, it's bed MGM tonight.